Welcome back, my friends, to the MailRite Real Estate Agent Podcast Show, episode 116. I have a very special guest joining me today, and I have my co-host absent today. Jonathan's out today. I'm at the helm by myself, so um, forgive any tech glitches because he's my techie. <laughs> and uh, I have a very special guest. Uh, his name is Luke Acri. If I'm saying that, am I saying your name right, Acri? It's Acri, but Acri, I've heard my whole life, so I'll go with it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to do that to you. So, <laughs> Luke Acri, um, and he is the president of Reminder Media. So, just like Steve Jobs did, Luke originally founded this company in the garage, I'm told, and now it's a multi million dollar marketing company. Um, he also has a blog, um, a YouTube channel with some awesome videos, by the way, if you're looking for some good, quick training. Um, and then the, and I say quick only because they're nice short videos <laughs> and, um, and I understand coming soon. Uh, Luke's also got a podcast that's going to be coming out. Um, so right now what I want to, um, oh, you know what? And one thing I love about you, Luke, I want to say right away is in a lot of your videos, I hear you say, take action on this today. I love that you just, you motivate people and then you get them to do it now. Um, so, Luke, welcome to the MailRite Real Estate Agent Podcast Show, and I want to give you a minute just to say hello and introduce yourself and tell us a little about yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Like I told you before we came live, I said I got my monster energy drink. I'm ready to have a good time. You said this is a little bit loose, unscripted, so I appreciate that. That's probably where I work the best. Yeah. Just two guys give you, I guess, a background of me and who I am. Just a little correction. I actually did not found the company. The company was founded in my family, but to give you kind of a background is I grew up in a, a family with eight kids, so I was homeschooled, so I was probably one of those weird homeschoolers that you guys all hear about, um, but um, you know, grew up loving music, but also really interested in entrepreneurship and business, and so went to college and did computer science, believe it or not, so was a software engineer, uh, came out, was programming and started a company called Nextmark Design. So Nextmark Design was a design agency. We were doing websites for people. We were doing you know, graphic design for people and trying to get that off the ground. At the same time, I was doing some part-time programming for my uncle who was running Reminder Media. And so Reminder Media, that was about seven years ago. And so Reminder Media started about 13 years ago in a garage that he had started. And so we were collaborating a little bit. He was focused, for those of you who don't know Reminder Media, our flagship product is American Lifestyle Magazine. So maybe some of you listening have heard about that. But he was really going hard on this American Lifestyle Magazine, the print side. I was focused on the digital side. And he kept telling me, stop playing in the minor leagues, come play in the major <laughs> leagues like good family members do and beating on me. And so I decided to join Reminder Media and kind of merge in with him and started with them about seven years ago and really started out in sales. Uh, started out, we had about a uh, little under 50 employees at the time and started out on the phones. We did not have a call center. And so I got on the phones and started calling people. And now we've built out the call center to be about 70 people. And God's blessed us over the last really seven years. We've had tremendous growth. The last two years, we've made Inc. 5000. And really, wow. you know, what our focus is, is we help about 30,000 agents annually with what I like to say is like the most critical thing in any business is how do you make sure that you are staying connected with your database of people, you know, your prospects, your clients, your past clients, everybody in your community, for lack of a better word. How are you staying connected with them to make sure they never forget who you are? And that's really our mission is to try to step in and help realtors, help business professionals with lead cultivation and the ability to stay in touch with their database so those people never forget who they are and then ultimately use them again for a repeat transaction, but even better than that, refer them out, get them new business. So that gives you kind of my saga, hopefully really quick. Awesome. Well, and you know, and there's... Um, Two things that really interested me in meeting you and, and getting you on the podcast because because of your philosophy, um, that's that's how I was raised in real estate myself um, through uh, the coaching through Brian Buffini. That's a huge part. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, and uh, so that really connected with me. And um, of course, I'm familiar with the the magazine. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's about a 48 page publication that is customizable. You have the opportunity to make it look like your own magazine and do advertising in it um, with your listings or your uh, co-brand with your partners. Um, you can even sell ad space in it if you want. 
Um, it's a great tool uh, for this keep in touch. Um, and then, of course, more recently, you joined us on Active Rain, which is uh, North America's largest real estate blog site. Um, and I got to know you through your blogging. I've, um, I've reread a lot of them uh, in prep for the, our show, uh, but I've also been really enjoying your uh, YouTube videos because both your blogs and your YouTube videos are probably designed for today's agent. Uh, they're, they're quick and to the point. Yes. <laughs> Well, people don't want to read anymore. It's like, I even find that in myself, what our attention span is less than probably five seconds, less than a goldfish or something like that. People yes. don't, they want it really fast, digestible, something that they can just get a quick tip. And then hopefully it hits them at the exact right time where they're in the mode to hopefully take action on something like that. Well, that was kind of one of my first questions for you, because I mean, here you are running this multi-million dollar company, yet you are still blogging, you are still posting videos, training videos. Um, how are you managing your time so that you are dedicated to doing this consistently? You know, what's interesting, I was probably complaining, although complaining is probably the wrong word. I was complaining to my wife that my day, just to give you guys an idea, my day, I get to the office around 730 uh, in the morning, I'm usually up about five o'clock and I get to the office and from literally eight o'clock till 630, I'm booked back to back to back to back. So I've really learned and then trying to adjust to living off of my calendar. And if it doesn't go on my calendar, it's probably not going to happen. Right. Um, so it's critical that I, you know, keep it on my calendar. I'm actually looking for an assistant right now. But ultimately, it is trying to focus, you know, doing the blogging, doing the video. It's having good people around me that can help me with the ideas, help me through on the processing of information. But ultimately, focusing on what really matters for me, which is the relationships, which is you guys. That's why I'm on your podcast right now. In fact, I think we literally decided yesterday, hey, there's an opportunity where we can jump in you know, and be on your podcast today. And yeah. I shifted things around and said, I want to be there because this is a huge focus of ours as a company is trying to connect with the industry on a personal level, on a relationship level where you guys can get to know us, see who we are. We're real people trying to run a marketing company, to help you grow your business. And so a lot of my day and my time management is like a realtor from the perspective of you got to go to what's the most important, which is your clients mm -hmm. and your prospects. So, you know, a lot of times you're going to have to drop and shift what you do. And it happens even at my level, if it's a multi-million dollar company, but I'm still dropping, shifting what I'm doing to try to focus on the things that are important. Well said. Well, I, I wanted to dive into it because I, I, I love your training. Uh, I, I love the style of it. I love the philosophy behind it. And so I thought what it might be fun to do is um, just address some of the um, some of my favorite blog posts of yours. Sure. And, and, and share the information with our audience. So um, and um, I want to start with the newer agents. You did a, a nice uh, five tips to succeed in real estate for newer agents. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit because I think anyone in the business, whether they're brand new or 20 years in, can benefit from it. No, I mean, I love that. I think, you know, it's interesting just to kind of share with you is that my brother, so one of the things that um, I've really been passionate about over the last two years is trying to get boots on the ground mm. and trying not to sit in an office and pontificate <laughs> about what is actually good and what actually works and actually really tried and true methodology, trying to test out our strategies and what we're doing. So my brother and I, for the last two years, I've been trying to first year is talking to him and convincing him, hey, do you have an interest in getting into real estate? Would you do this? He jumped in a, a little, now it's been about exactly a year. He jumped into real estate and he's actually with Keller Williams. Um, and over the past year, I've been working with him at a ground level and keep in mind, not throwing tons of money because when you get into the business, you don't have tons of money right. and trying out methods. And he has reached, he, um, he should be closing on his 31st deal uh, basically wow. in a year, wow. uh, trying out this methodology. But some of the tips that I would give you guys when it comes to when you first get into real estate, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that new realtors do not treat it like a real job. They don't set themselves up to understand that this is not, you know, just like you would get a real job and you have to go to work at nine o'clock and you go to six or you go from eight to five, right? You need to set up for yourself some routine and some structure like your office hours mm -hmm. and commit to treating this like a real job, not a hobby. 
And then at those office hours, what I really suggest for new agents, where a lot of new agents fail, is that you can't just depend on your friends and family. So I'm a huge proponent of just pushing and saying network, live by referral, like Brian Buffini would say, reach out to your friends and family, but you have to also prospect. To survive in real estate in the first five years, because 87% fail, according to the stats that are out there that we all know, to survive, you have to prospect. And my recommendation is you should be prospecting a minimum of one to two hours a day. And that prospecting could be like with uh, Stephen, my brother, it was phone calls. So he calls expired listings. Mm-hmm. He calls FISBOs. We work about 50 FISBOs at a time. So he'll be working 50 FISBO leads at a time. Wow. He'll call them a minimum of eight to nine times before he lets them go if he can't get them. Mm-hmm. If he has communication with them, he'll follow up for them. An interesting thing on FISBOs, just a side tangent and not to ramble here, but to give this kind of nugget is that call your FISBOs every Monday because you can reference, and we learned this, I think it was from um, Jeff Cohn, I think out in, um, where is he at, Nebraska or something like that? Uh, Yeah. Call call your FISBOs every Monday because you can reference, hey, how was the traffic at your uh, house this weekend? Was it good? You know, I had a bunch of open houses and and we had a lot of traffic. How was your traffic? Chances are, guys, they don't have any traffic. So you can use that as the pain point to get in there and actually, you know, close the FISBO, talk about the pain point, talk about how you can sell the house, all that good stuff. So he, back to my point, he prospects through FISBOs, through expired listings, classic, right? But then he'll call his sphere of influence, which is that friends and family to get referrals And then door knocking has actually been really big for us, especially with using our product, American Lifestyle. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I don't know if it has a lot to do with his zone. He's he's in uh, Central Virginia area. Um, So I'm not sure if it has to do with his zone, but he door knocks his geographic farm and he does American Lifestyle Magazine has his impression piece as his leave Uh, behind. Okay. And we've had two deals directly come from that. Um, and so that was really successful for him. But so prospecting is huge for new agents. Those are some of the ways I don't want to keep talking. I don't know if you want me to go specifically somewhere, but those are just a couple things I would suggest to new agents, no, office good. hours, prospecting. No, I agree with you because I mean, and, and, and there comes a point where once you've got it down as a job, you need to start creating a business from it so that it's not all riding on you. We call it a job until, it can run without our being there. Um, and that, and so, you know, depending on how big you want to grow it, but as you were talking about having an assistant is a fantastic way to get started with that. Well, um, it's Gary Keller um, says you have to build systems yep. uh, that are replicatable for your business. Like to be the, what is it? The millionaire real estate agent. If right. you read that book, I mean, one of the, the themes of that book is replicatable systems and a mistake that you're going to make as a new agent. And it's, it, this applies to even more than real estate because it applies to my own business. As a business owner, it's, I'm always looking for the magic bullet. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all are. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you can see behind me. I have all these books. I'm flipping yep. through these books because I'm trying to find that million dollar system, that million dollar idea, right? Right. And so the problem though, and maybe you can attest to this too, is that we're constantly looking for the magic bullet and the magic system that we create no system that we actually don't take action and we don't commit to anything because we're constantly looking for the magic bullet. And so as a new agent, you're going to doubt every single day, every single day that you wake up, you're going to doubt that you're doing the right thing. And just to make you guys feel better about yourself, I still wake up and doubt a lot of the things I'm doing. It happens across your whole career and the key is, is in committing to something. So let's say you commit to American Lifestyle Magazine. The key is when you mail this one time and you don't get listings raining from the sky, don't quit. Right. Don't, you know what I mean? Be consistent. It's one of the themes of great marketing is consistency. Yep. Be consistent. And then I'm a huge proponent of working your marketing, which is taking your marketing from a passive state to a proactive state, passive being you send it out, leave it and forget it, hope deals rain from the sky. Proactive is you send it out and you have a follow-up plan for your marketing. All right. We learned that in our coaching with Buffini. I mean, we send out a marketing piece and then the next step is call behind it. If you don't call behind it, the the results from it uh, drop by like 60%. Um, And you're not going to reach everybody, but it's just that 
constant contact and who you call in your call in your sphere and the sphere should be growing and that's the going back to the prospect and why do we need to prospect because we can't we can't prospect the same sphere month after month we got to grow the sphere and and, and it's going to ebb and flow too i mean um you're going to you're going to come to a point where you're going to start pulling people out of it so you can add new people to it and this is so everything you've been talking about is um I'm right there with you. I mean, this is all the way I've been trained too. Um, the way I look at it, um, and I'm not sure if you look at it this way, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts. The way I look at it is that you kind of have that circle, that almost target, and your outer, outer circle is that target group. Yep. So you don't want to market, obviously, to the whole world. The key to marketing is knowing who you're going after. Are you going after baby boomers? Are you going after millennials? Are you going after people for $400,000 homes, $800,000? You know, who's your target group? Then you, you prospect and you uh, do farming to them, Facebook ads to them. You try to get in front of them to get them to move into the center, right? The next step, which is the people you've met. Um, maybe call it your prospects now. Uh, these are people that you're actively going after and you nurture them a little bit more and you send them that item of value as Brian Buffini would call it. Right. You call behind, maybe you pop by their house and then you moved into what I like to say is like the hot lead stage where the hot lead stage is that's when you should be on them like white on rice, man. Right. You should be texting them, emailing them, phone calling them, blitzing them. I think is uh, Chris Smith, is he the guy at Curator or whatever he talks about like blitzing and you should blitz people by going multiple avenues of communication because you have a greater chance of making that mind share impact and capturing their mind. And then you have the last center of the, the bullseye, which is your advocates. These are your people who are giving you the referrals. This is who we target as a company with American Lifestyle. Okay. Like when we're preaching to you, we're saying focus on the 300 people that are going to produce for you the majority of your business. Like 64% of a realtor's business is technically coming, according to the National Association of Realtors, I think from referrals and, and repeat right. transactions. MVP, That's right. what we target with American Lifestyle Magazine is target those people who are going to give you those referrals because those are your advocates. Um, right. So that's kind of how I look at it. I don't know if you treat your database the same, but that's how I look yeah. at the agent's database. I mean, it's relatively exactly what you said. I mean, if you use the bullseye uh, image, uh, the center of the bullseye is my A plus clientele. Yep. The next ring's A, B, C. Then I, my internet leads, they need a different kind of drip. Um, and then the Ds, which um, in some people's world is delete them. Uh, in my world, it's just do not spend money on them. But dude, there's a lot of free marketing I can do until they gotcha. tell me to go pound sand. Yeah. yeah. But, but, it, but then, like you said, uh, um, it's also about knowing who your audience is. And so it's great to have these categories, but then within the categories, who are the groups? You know, who, who are my military? Who are my seniors? Who are my, um, you know, millennials? Um, and, and then I'm going to, um, because the more the inner circle they are, uh, the more customized I'm going to be to what I send them. Um, it's not going to be quite as generic, although they will get some of the generic uh, keep in touch. Um, but, you know, my inner circles, the, those are the people I take to lunch and dinner and coffee. Right. Um, I'm not taking my outer ring to lunch and dinner and coffee. They're getting a, a you know, a lot of digital marketing and uh, maybe a call a quarter. Right. Uh, Cause it's not, yeah, it's not cost effective, but you're correct. hitting the nail on the head when you talk about list segmentation. So many businesses fail because they don't segment their client list and they right. target everybody the same. Right. And one of my pet peeves with marketing, not to rant, but one of my pet peeves with marketing is 90% of marketing is irrelevant. 90% yeah. of marketing, the average human being is seeing 5,000 pieces of marketing a day. If I asked you to name five pieces you've seen this morning, we'd probably struggle. I would struggle after the second piece if I could even remember two. Right. And so that's really where... I'm really trying to make an impact within marketing is marketing. The key to marketing is, is being relevant, which goes into what you're saying about list segmentation, which is how can you send the right thing to the right person at the right time through mm -hmm. the right medium that's going to make that impact. And that's really what I'm trying to do at Reminder Media is serve up a 
a platform, some type of way for people to go, you know, my wife's a vegetarian. So if you send her a bacon recipe, right. it's, it's, it's not going to resonate right. with her. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's going to scream example. to her that, you know, you, you don't know her, right? right? But if you send her a vegetarian recipe in American Lifestyle Magazine and then do what Brian Matheny preaches, what we preach, which is pick up the phone, call her, say, hey, Megan, want to check in, see how you and Luke were doing. Hey, by the way, I sent you the gift American Lifestyle Magazine and there was a vegetarian recipe in there. It made me think of you. I wanted to see if you had gotten it, if you liked it, if you tried it. If you didn't, you should try it. I actually tried it the other weekend. The normal script, the conversation, the ability to build that relationship, which ultimately will turn into the ability to ask for, oh, by the way, do right. you know anybody that's looking to buy or sell real estate? Because just like I love being your realtor, I'd love to be their realtor. Well, and you see, and I think this is where a lot of people, including myself, struggle is that what we were talking about earlier where you where you question yourself every day like how is what i'm doing turning into properties getting sold and, and right. buyers buying homes but it's the consistency of doing this as you mentioned before that translates and it, it the more you get to know your database and the more you can uh, customize uh, what you send them or what you call them to, to discuss. Because, I mean, if I'm sending investor information to my first-time buyers, swing and a miss. <laughs> you know, but if I'm sending, you know, um, you know how, how, to, how to buy your first home to my savvy investors, same thing. So I need to know, okay, there's some, there's some material I'm going to send that's good for everyone, like how to avoid identity theft. Right. But then I'm going to get more customized with the conversations, the invitations, even the method um, of, of communicating with them. Some people don't want paper anymore. They're very um, conscious of, uh, you know. Correct. Oh, yeah. We've experienced that in our own business. We have a digital magazine now. Right, right. Uh, mainly because you have to reach people where they're at. Right. And some people want a digital medium. Some people really prefer the print medium. So you have to focus on that. I think the devil's advocate or the pain point for all the realtors who are probably listening. And I know this from when I'm talking to them, even people like my brother, it's, they don't have time. They're yes. sitting there screaming, Luke, yeah, it's all well and good. You're telling me to customize down to the individual. I barely have time to see my kids. So how am I supposed to <laughs> customize down to the individual? How am I supposed to know my database? And that's where the building of systems come in to play. Right. It's what is, if I asked you as a realtor, what's your checklist when you get a lead? Like, are you entering it into your CRM? Are you setting an appointment for yourself? Just like if you're a pilot out there, you right. have a pre-flight checklist and a post-flight right. checklist. You need checklists for your business. You need the ability to say, I just got a lead. Here's the checklist I do to them. One of them is your drip campaign, your nurture campaign. But First, it's enter the lead in my CRM, set my touch point reminders, build those systems so you can have the confidence that you're marketing the right way, you're following up appropriately. That's what's critical. Um, so I know time is the problem, but you got to right. build the systems that force you to do it because in the long run, you're going to save time because this is all going to be done for you. Well, and the other thing too is on that is it's not going to happen this week. You know, you're going to, this, some of this happens over time. I, I don't sit down with my best client and ask them 50 questions so I can get to better know them. I'm asking them 50 questions over the next year and a half maybe. And, you know, so this, this plays back into what we were talking about with the consistency of communication and delegating your time. You're obviously going to give more time to your A-plus clients or your bullseye clients than you are the outer ring clients. So you have to have um, the system set up in initially. Just like if you want to grow, you've got to have your operations manuals, which are a reflection essentially of your systems in right. place so that somebody can come in and you don't have to literally train them verbatim every time you get a new assistant, you can say, here's the playbook. I'm here for your questions. And the playbook is what helps them get through their day and know what to do and what they should be doing. Um, I, I'm going to um, actually, we got to go to a commercial break real quick. Um, and then we're going to come back and talk more about this. Cause I have another uh, question for you on this uh, line of thinking. Um, so we are going to be coming back in just a minute folks, but we want to hear from our wonderful sponsor and then we'll, uh, be talking with Luke more about uh, marketing. We'll be right back. 
Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. All right, we're coming back from the commercial break, folks, and uh, I am here with Luke Acre, and he is, uh, well, he's an entrepreneur, and we'll start with that, but he's also uh, the president of Reminder Media, and um, he puts out a fantastic magazine that allows realtors to customize that magazine as a nice leave behind or item of value, And uh, but we're talking much more uh, about the how how we market ourselves as realtors and as entrepreneurs, um, and and having not only a game plan for doing so, but systems in place to help facilitate that. Once you've got the game plan set, you can't be the guy that or the gal that's doing it constantly. You got to have other systems in place uh, to help you run it. Uh, if you are a one man show, it, it at least helps you kind of go into that autopilot, so things happen when they need to. Um, one of the things that Luke, I think a lot of realtors, and including myself, struggle with at some point in their career or throughout their career is how to compose a value proposition. How do I really set myself apart from all the other realtors out there in, in you know, my marketplace, the digital world, the, the print advertising? How am I communicating that? What's your advice for someone that really needs to come up with a, a unique selling proposition Love it. So this one is always, I think, something that you have to do reflection on. So you have to really reflect, like um, using my brother Steve as an example, just because it's fresh on my mind. We just went through this journey of his first year in real estate. When coming up with his unique value proposition, we really had to do reflection and go, what, is his, what are his gifts? What is he actually good at? right? And what are his talents? So you might be out there, and I think I shared this in a video somewhere on the web. I think it might have been above the noise or something like that. Yes. But I talk about that you have to, maybe you're good at analytics. Maybe you're a math genius and you understand the market better than anybody else. You need to be able to bottle that up and be able to explain that to somebody within your 30-second pitch, be able to explain that to somebody through your uh, copy on your websites, your copy on your messaging with your flyers and stuff like that, that your gifting is you understand the market better than anybody else uh, because that's your gifting. You have to find out, hey, what are my gifts? Maybe you're good with people. Then you have to ask yourself the question, why did you get in this business in the first place? What's your why? What, what is the – because money is going to be the result – of fulfilling your why, fulfilling your vision. It's not going to be the why, the vision. That's the cliche thing you hear from everybody, but it's the truth. I'm standing here. I'm sure you could testify to this, that money is going to be a result for you, but it can't be the only reason. So when you're compelling or designing your unique value proposition, you have to think of why did I get in this business in the first place? Is it to help people? Is it to help my family? What is it that's driving me in this business? And then you need to think back and look at what are your successes? And a lot of times it's really good in your unique value proposition to say your failures. Because I bet you it would uh, resonate a lot more with people when they hear that, hey, I didn't fail. My first company, Real Light Media, was an absolute flop. (laughs) because that's going to connect with people because it's the truth. They've probably experienced failure. So you need to look at your successes and your failures. Successes for me is I've made Inc. 5,000 the past two years. I have 30,000 actual clients. We've been in business for more than a decade. 1% of uh, businesses make it more than 10 years. And the reason why we've made it is because what we do actually works. Mm -hmm. And so you need to think and look and reflect on your life and go, what are your successes? And it doesn't have to be necessarily about the business you've gone into. Maybe you were, you know, really great uh, at business, the, the previous business you did. Maybe it's, edu- I was a teacher for 30 years or something like that. That's a success right. that you've developed people. So you need to do a lot of self-reflection on composing your ne- unique value proposition because you're trying to tell a story. You're trying to say, here's who I am. Here's why I exist. And here's why you should use me over everybody else because of this journey I've been on. And guess what? You're going to attract the people 
who connect with that. And those are the clients you want. I think Lee Brown is, um, says she doesn't work with, I don't know if you, I should say this on the show, but she doesn't work with assholes is what she says. And she's a, a popular realtor, I believe down in, in Texas. She, she has this policy. She does not work with clients that are basically jerks. Yeah. And the point being is that's awesome because I bet you and guarantee you her unique value proposition and what she pitches to people in her story attracts people that want to work with her. And so your unique value proposition, don't try to write it and don't try to pitch it to attract everybody and anybody. There are plenty of fish in the sea people and there's enough to go around and attract the people that you work best with because in the end, you're going to live a more fulfilled life. And like I said, money is going to be the result of it. Money's not the ultimate. So. I would agree with that because, uh, and, and for t- uh, two reasons I want to make points on is, um, first of all, the people connect with stories. They do not connect with stats. Mm-hmm. I mean, stats might be good for some of the pragmatics. Um, you know, maybe some, some of your clients want to know you're number one in this and you've sold this many, but ultimately they connect with the human story who is mm-hmm. you. Um, and, and, you know, and to my second point, which, you know, we were talking um, off, um, off camera about um, Zillow a little bit because you've done some blogs on Zillow and the Zillow effect. And I think the number one thing that we've lost control of to Zillow, it, because they've, they're such a large marketing machine, we've lost the ability to market ourselves in a unique way that, that allows the public to differentiate the value between Zillow and the, and the realtor or the real estate agent. Um, and, and it comes back to that unique selling proposition because, you know, uh, you know what, what I was saying to you off, off, off camera was, you know, uh, an app is a great tool, but an app is not going to negotiate for you. An app is not going to problem solve for you. An app is not going to hold your hand when it gets emotional. Um, so at that, the end, that's the key, the emotion. Yeah, the emotion. The human emotion. You know, because it's, um, I, but it's something I think we all struggle with because I don't know if it's because we don't see our own value or we don't think our story's worth telling. But, um, but I love the point you made too, is my story is my story and it's only going to connect with so many people. I can't worry about connecting with all my market. I just want to connect with the people that my story connects me to because they're actually going to be the best clients for me to work with. I'm not going to be force fitting my service to their, uh, to their needs or, 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 or my personality to their personality. Correct. And we're all, I mean, we're all in this journey right now and in this I shouldn't say struggle because it's not the right word, but for lack of a better word, the struggle of technology is coming in and it's compressing time. It's making things faster, more convenient, and everything's click of a button, which is amazing. We all love it. That's why I have a cell phone here. I mean, I love it. We're using this podcast technology. When it comes to Zillow, how realtors need to evolve is the relationship will never go away in sales. Every deal is built on the backbone of a relationship, is built on people want to do business with people they like and they want to do business with people they trust. And it doesn't matter if you're buying online or you're buying face-to-face in person, you want to like the company and you want to trust the company. So as a realtor, you need to start thinking in your business, how do I wow my clients? How do I create a customer experience that's more than just a transaction? And that's why I said, when you said the emotion, that's the key point. The key point is if you're a realtor today, you need to be thinking, how do I make this not a transaction? How do I actually make this an experience? And one of the examples I give, it's like showing a house. If you are showing me a house and you know my daughter, is in ballet, is the example I always get. She's in ballet. Don't just show me the house. Show me the house and then tell me, hey, look, 10 miles from here, there's a ballet dance studio because I know your daughter really loves dance. That takes a transactional business thing and actually makes it personal, makes it an experience. It's like if you walk into a coffee shop and they say, hey, Thomas, great to see you, man. We'll have your coffee up, you know, black with two sugars in just a second. It makes you feel important. It makes you feel special. They took a transaction of buying a coffee and they made it an experience because what? They added the relationship. They added the knowing you. And if realtors really look at themselves as advisors now, where you're making the biggest financial decision probably of your life, and I'm here to advise you because I've been on this journey a hundred times, a thousand times. I want to be here to advise you. Though you can do it all by yourself, and you can climb the mountain by yourself because 
you know, there's the technology out there. I'm here to guide you and help it be smooth. So there's two things you want to sell convenience. You're going to do it all for them. It's the concierge service and that you're here to protect them and Mm -hmm. to guard that relationship. So, well, and it's, I mean, I had this uh, debate with an agent just the other day because I did a post about um, our, our, our value as agents and uh, creating, as you said, wow, I, I use that all the time because uh, my, my bride works for Virgin America and that's their, okay. that's their customer goal is to create wow. And I love that and I adopted it. Um, but I was saying that, you know, there's, the, there's always going to be people that go to, you know, Kmart or Ross to buy their socks. And, um, and then there's people that might go to Nordstrom to buy their socks because they, maybe they want a better quality sock and a better sales experience versus someone that doesn't care about all that. They just want value. So they go out and buy their, you know, their 12 pack of socks versus the three that you can get at Nordstrom's. But it's, you know, and, and I'm never going to probably convince the dedicated Kmart shopper that my Nordstrom's way um, is the way, but I, I don't want to try to be Kmart too. If Nordstrom's is my path, um, then, you know, and so can we, let's talk about that. Like, how do you, how do you hold your ground, especially in the beginning? Like when you're, um, you yeah, know, how money, do you not give on the commissions? <laughs> yeah, Cause you're, you know, you're, 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 you're struggling to get That's the pain point. Going. Yeah. You know, so what, what advice do you have for folks? Like how do you stand by your, your, your brand and your, 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 your unique selling proposition? You know, it's really difficult and just from my own side of the equation. So I actually sell to businesses. So I sell to realtors and I sell to financial advisors, insurance agents, even my sales team. So I have 70 reps on the phone, about a hundred out in the field. They struggle giving discounts and wanting to discount their product and everything like that. And I get it in discounting. It's a strategic marketing move. We do it sometimes. To me, it's really understand, being willing, what I say is being willing to walk away, that the only reason that you give in is because your pipeline's not full enough. Mm -hmm. So the reason why you don't actually walk away from the deal and are willing to stand your ground is because your pipeline is not big enough and you think this is your only deal. And you're so desperate to close this deal that you basically give everything. But I promise you, if you focus on what we talked about earlier, which is the systems and the prospecting, and the work in your sphere, your pipeline will be so full that you will be able to stand your ground. And what will happen is there's a reason why we all want to be with the cool kids because they have this confidence about them and they have this ability to be like, man, I want to be like that person. And your willingness to walk away is what will attract that customer to work with you. And you standing your ground knowing that I don't need you. I want to work with you. And, and I want to, Stephen, my brother, just experienced this. The lady wants to sell her house for, I believe it's $249,000. So he's in a lower market, but $249,000 and the house is only worth, at most, he was saying he could probably sell it for two fifteen. And so he literally told the lady, he's taken listings. We've made the classic mistakes that all realtors do. We take, <laughs> we took listings that we believe we could sell or we just wanted to get the listing. It was a mistake. Right. We spent money on it. It didn't sell. It sat on the market. Classic mistake. We made it. But this house, he stood his ground and said, look, at the end of the day, I'm here and I'm meeting with you because I care about you and I want to help you achieve the goal that you want, which is selling your home. In my professional opinion, this home needs to be listed at $215,000 because it needs work. And this is what someone's going to want to pay for it. And the lady basically ended up liking him more because he was just raw and honest because he just said, this is it. And at the end of the day, this is what I can do it for. If you want to go with another realtor that believes they can sell it for that, that's fine. But I'm telling you, I've sold this, these houses on this street and this is what it's worth. And the lady ended up calling him back. And this is where it gets even better. She says, okay, I'll do it for 215, but I'll take no less than 215. And he goes, well, I'm just being real with you that if we listed for 215, we might get an offer for 205. And I don't want to take this listing from you if you're not willing to consider those offers. And so he stood his ground. Now, I'll have to come back on another podcast because we're literally working this right now. <laughs> so I don't know where it's going to end up. But the point being is that we're confident enough and he's confident enough in his business 
to go at the end of the day, I want to get houses that I can sell and that I can believe that I'm delivering the right price for my clients and taking care of them instead of being beholden to a crazy seller or a crazy buyer that has unrealistic expectations, which makes my quality of life go down. They're not getting what they want. It's terrible for everybody. Yeah. So your point is just, you got to stand your ground and you got to believe in your ability and you got to have a full pipeline. Well, and the numbers don't lie either. I mean, they, at the end of the day, you can debate a lot of things, but the numbers are the numbers. And, Correct. and I think that's a, what, where a lot of agents um, could defend themselves better is knowing their market and knowing the, the, the numbers. Um, and, you know, and you might have to go through one of those before you realize you don't want to go through them again. Uh, we, we went through a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, there's nothing like working with someone that just steals your joy for the business. And when you realize, you know, I don't need them. And you made a great point earlier. You, you need to keep your pipeline flowing because you will compromise when that pipeline is low flow. But yep. when, when you've got high flow and you get, um, you know, like, a, a jackass. <laughs> it's real easy to say goodbye to them when you've got nine, 10 other deals going. Yep. But when they're the only deal you've got going, you start to compromise and yep. You know, at the end of the day, you take an overpriced listing, it, it's going to damage the relationship between you and the seller because no matter what advice you gave them in the beginning, it's your fault. Correct. Yep. <laughs> and, and they literally think like this, you know, client, you know, thinks that when we say 215, we're going to sell it for exactly what we said. But no, no, no you got to understand the reality of the situation. If you post something, people are going to lowball the offer. Doesn't mean we'll accept it, but it just, you need to know those expectations. I mean, that's another thing, I guess, a tip that, I've really learned in my own business, but it applies to real estate, is relationships break and uh, crumble because of failed expectations. Yep. And Very so you point. have to set expectations with your business partners, with your vendors, with your employees, with your clients. You have to set proper expectations. If I sell you on American Lifestyle Magazine, I better not say, hey, this thing right here is going to produce you 23 listings guaranteed a year. That doesn't do anybody good. What I can say is here are my success stories. Here are my real statistics. Here's what I preach and I coach and I've seen work for 13 years. And I know I can bring this to the table for you if you're willing to do your part, which is X, Y, and Z. So setting, you know, expectations at the beginning is critical. I couldn't agree more. That's uh, probably the number one conversation we have in any uh, entry. uh, Well, I should say orientation meeting with a new client is let's talk expectations because if we can't get past that, uh, you know, that's usually bye-bye time. <laughs> um, let me, uh, I know we're running short on time here, but you, you also address something and I'm going to totally shift gears here on you. Um, you've addressed this on a few podcasts and, um, and I think on a couple of your videos too, which, sure. um, and it's the Facebook ads and, and Facebook marketing. And I know we're always looking for the next uh, shiny object, but Facebook's, um, I think a pretty proven, Okay. And I think it's here to stay. So you yeah. better get on with it. So what advice do you have for agents that, um, you know, and again, this comes to the consistency. You can't yep. just throw one magazine out there and you can't just throw one ad out there, but uh, maybe some quick success tips for yep. uh, Facebook ads. Yeah. Let me give you guys something really practical that's working right now with Steven and that we're trying out actually with a couple other agents is that it's basically advertising your listing on Facebook. And we do a couple dollars a day. We usually fluctuate between three to $5 a day. Um, so we'll take his listing and okay. he gets a video filmed of each listing and he, he, that cost him about $200. Okay. So it's, it's reasonable. So you guys can get, and remember he's in a lower market. So he's, what he's trying to sell is $250,000 homes. So he's in a 200, so 180 to 250 is kind of his price range is where he's trying to be. But he'll spend $200 on a listing video where they'll come in, they'll fly a drone around, they'll film it, and we put boost that listing video as an ad on Facebook. So you go to your ad manager on Facebook, and we target income. So we're looking for people who can afford that. You know, So we're targeting income around $50,000 to $100,000 is where we're targeting. We target um, certain like uh, what am I looking for? Not zip codes, but like Forest, Virginia. So I guess the county or whatever right. we target specifically down audience wise. And so we boost that. We had like our video we boosted the other day, I think got 45 comments. And it, what it was, what the comments were, just so everybody can understand, it's, you know, prospect X tagging prospect Y 
in the comments so there that person can see it so you're basically right. getting a two for one right. you're getting someone who you would now have to search out so the real thing we're trying to figure out right now is you know what is the best way to nurture those leads because when they comment the only way you can really get in contact with them is through comments back or DMs, digital or direct messaging, sorry, direct messaging. So right. we're using both tactics and we're trying to change those, get those into our database, right? And then start them on the nurture campaign, which is, you know, American Lifestyle Magazine, right. postcards, you know, and get them in there. So a very practical Facebook ad for you guys would be, you know, get your listing and boost it and target the audience, target the income, target the, um, you know, area and watch the comments pour in on it and then take those comments, reach out through direct messaging, reach out, comment back on every one of your comments. It shows that your response time is great, which is a great brand impression for you. And chances are you'll turn those just like an open house should get you two to four buyers. Every open house you do, you should be looking who are my two to four buyers I can get out of this open house. Your Facebook ads can turn into that, hey, these people are interested in this house. They might not have a realtor and they might not be looking to buy today but they might be looking to buy in six months. And so I'm going to start nurturing them and become their realtor. Mm, good advice. And um, one thing that I'm uh, just as a student listening to you, um, are you boosting these posts or are you actually doing a Facebook ad? Because I know there's one that you can do either or. Yeah. So we're doing a Facebook ad. An ad. That's what okay. we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're All doing right. a Facebook ad. Gotcha. So okay. and we've targeted, we've done a couple different where we actually target for like um, brand awareness and yep. we target for like conversion. Targeting for conversion did not work for us, but that was on our failure of our, it was probably more on our landing page than our actual ad. So we were getting clicks to our landing page, okay. but our landing page didn't convert well because we took them to the homepage of our website. So classic uh, mistake here. Yep. Uh, and so now, now we're trying some more landing pages, which I think will convert better. But what worked better for us was actually the brand awareness. More people saw it. And so that attracted the comments and then we could nurture the comments. Okay, so a landing page has got to have a good uh, little giveaway of some sort or, or offer or... It's, and it's got to be simple. Like the problem with the homepage was people were bouncing to it and there's too much. There's the menu up at the top. Mm -hmm. There's the, you know, yes, we have the contact us, but people weren't getting there because they're right. too distracted. So when you think of your landing pages, guys, you want to think of it very simplistically. Do not let them think about what they have to do. It should be one thing they have to do. Don't make it. We have found in our own personal business that really short landing pages work the best. So okay. don't let them scroll, right? Because you're going to, you want them to go, I'm here. And they don't even have to think about what to do next. It's basically click to download, uh, enter your email address, you know, for more information, that type of idea. Gotcha. So maybe a little quick blurb, uh, maybe like an ebook or some sort of offer that's a, a no brainer to sign yep. up for. Yep. And, and you're really just grabbing email addresses. You're not forcing them to do phone numbers or add mailing addresses or anything like that. Correct. Yeah. So you want to put like a buyer's guide, um, like uh, top five things that every new home buyer should be aware of. Um, oh, a thing I would say on Facebook, just because this is critical, you can target likely to move. Ah. You can target in the target uh, place. You can actually put likely to move and Facebook has that as an interest basically that you wow. can target. And so you can use on your Facebook and you can target people who are likely to move based upon their algorithms of life events and different awesome. things that are searching. So well, that was worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke, I know we're short on time, so I want to give you a chance to just um, one last promotion for yourself. If people want uh, more information about Reminder Media, the magazine or um, you yourself, what's the best way to reach out to you or your company? Yes, thank you for that. So check us out, remindermedia.com slash podcast. So awesome. obviously we want to track people coming from here. So remindermedia.com slash podcast. Um, so the name of this show. And then if you want to find out more about me, obviously I would love to connect with you guys on all the social media channels. So Facebook, we are Reminder Media. So if you do facebook.com slash rmconnect, you will find us. Or if you just search for Reminder Media on Facebook, you'll find us. Love to connect with you there. 
Love to connect with you on YouTube. So I'm trying to do these short little tidbits of just free value out to everybody to kind of share what we're learning from our agents, what I've learned in my years of doing this now. So we're on YouTube as Reminder Media. We're on Instagram as Reminder Media. So check us out. Love to talk to you. Even if you don't buy our products, you know, we'd love to have you as a client, but even if you don't buy our products, love to communicate with you, hear your thoughts, your comments, all that good stuff. Well, and as a reminder, the product is American Lifestyle Magazine, uh, which you can check out. And I think, don't you offer a, a free uh, version of that for people to see on your site? Absolutely. Yep. You can go there. You can request a free PDF sample. You can request a free physical sample to experience what your clients would experience. And you can get a feel for our shelf life for it is four weeks. So that's not by us. That's by GFK, which is a national research institute that audits magazines. So our shelf life for your clients is four weeks and they read it for four, 44 minutes. So they're wow. spending 44 minutes with your magazine. Our referral rate is 38%. So if you send this to 50 people, that's 19 referrals. So you, I don't know what each of you guys' deal, like your closing ratio is on your referrals, but from what our customers, what our research shows us, what GFK has reported back to us, 38% give referral. So if you send to a number, you can basically expect 38%, but you have to practice what Brian Buffini says, which is don't send something you won't call behind. Yeah. Those, th those 38% aren't going to come screaming for you. You got to go get them. <laughs> you got to pick up the phone. You got to go door knock. You got to pop by. I mean, there's 38% in your client base that will give you a referral when you send them American Lifestyle Magazine. So you go get them, you know, take action, awesome. <laughs> pick up the Good. phone. Yep. So there's that advice again, take action on this today. Yes. Uh, well, folks, I, I, I want to also remind you again that if you want more excellent training from Luke, um, just go check out his uh, YouTube channel. Um, There's some fantastic videos on there. Um, most of them are, are less than five or 10 minutes, and um, it's great quick training. Um, we're looking forward to your podcast coming out as well. Um, so, folks, I want to thank uh, Luke Acri from a reminder media for joining us today a very last minute too. thank you for helping us fill in we had a cancellation and you were kind enough to help us fill it um, and my name is Thomas J Nelson I am one half of your uh, hosting team here at the mail right real estate agent podcast show a residential realtor here in San Diego California where I'm never too busy for your referrals and we'll be back next week with another podcast check us out on iTunes YouTube the mail right real estate agent podcast website and uh, please remember to comment and let us know uh, what content and what great guests you want us to bring onto the show because we're here for you to impact and improve the, your businesses and hopefully your lives in the process. Luke, thanks again for joining us and uh, we're going to sign off now. So have a great rest of your week, my friend. Yeah, love it. Thank you. Okay, bye folks. Bye.